0: Hey everyone, welcome to another episode of the Easy Conversations podcast, a podcast about having easy conversations. I'm your host, Furkan Dania. In this week's episode, I sit down with Tom Morgan, who is the host of Unlocking the Mind podcast. Tom is a former rugby player who had to end his career due to injuries. Now Tom is a teacher working with children and helping them experience emotions and feelings. Tom shares his own journey and what brought him to to this point and the amazing work he is doing with his students, especially around the field of mental health. I hope you can get a lot out of this episode. And if at the end you can leave a five-star review, I would truly appreciate it. All right, Tom, welcome to the podcast. Uh, Appreciate you taking the time and uh, super grateful that we get to have this conversation Uh, for folks that don't know, uh, we've connected on Instagram. Uh, so <laughs> I've connected with quite a few people on Instagram. It's a, been a great platform in terms of reaching out to other people, especially in the space of, uh, of mental health. So um, before we get started with our conversation today, I wanted to give you an opportunity to introduce yourself and some of the work you're doing uh, in the space and, and what kind of got you into this uh, space of mental health. Yeah, sure. And thank
1: you for having me. It's, it's great to be on. And I just want to say before we start also, like, thank you for the work that you do, because it's amazing what you do. I'm really enjoying your podcast also. But the work that I do, I got into this space about 12 months ago. I started a podcast similar to yours, about mental health, well-being, um, a big focus on mindset. And I started by doing this because I used to play rugby to quite a high level. And I got injured about two or three years ago, shortly after, you know, signing a professional contract uh, in rugby league. And I didn't think at the time that there was an outlet quite like this where I could hear people who had been through something similar where they'd possibly been injured. And they were struggling to navigate their way through life and finding a purpose because that was my biggest thing was. I put everything into it, I put everything into this sport, I wanted to become a professional and I felt I was on that track, I was achieving all my goals and then suddenly it was everything, it was my social outlet, it was something for me to get better at, it was something that I was hopefully inspiring people but the biggest thing was it, it, I put my identity into it and I thought well, well what am I now without, without rugby, what am I without this sport So for me, it really put me in a bit of a negative headspace for a little while. You know, it made me become very, very anxious. I woke up in the morning some days and I was just rattled with nerves. You know, some days I wake up and feel like I had a panic attack. And I thought, well, why am I feeling like this? Everything's okay. I've got friends. I've got family. Why am I feeling like this? And for me, for a long time, and someone in your early 20s, it took me a long time to navigate my purpose in life again because especially when you're a man and the way I think you're brought up typically is that nah, you're a man. You don't talk about those feelings, you know, everything's OK. And for me, everything was OK on the outset. I thought everything is fine. But why am I feeling like this? I've still got my health. I'm happy. I've got a job. Everything's OK. So that put me in that headspace for a few years where I probably isolated myself from, from people because I didn't know what to do or, you know, who I was anymore. So, so that was one thing. Mm -hmm. Um, and then i kind of got into teaching so i'm a i'm a teacher now which is a job i absolutely love i love helping people i love trying to be a positive influence to them you know i i generally do it with that sole interest where whoever i'm teaching or whoever i'm working with i want them to be the best there's no agenda i want Mm -hmm. them to be the best that they can be in life so i found teaching because of it and for me now i can sit here now and happily say I'm incredibly grateful for everything that's happened and I look back now with fond memories of the sporting career I had you know it was it was a great experience that I had Um, not nowhere near where I wanted to get to and that's okay you know it's led me to this path I'm a teacher and I do this podcast now where I speak to you know people about mindset you know whether it be a gold medal Olympian who's you know won gold for diving in the two thousand Olympics or Someone who won shot put in the 2016 Olympics or even an Auschwitz vibe the other week, where you're talking about mindset and you're talking about experiences and stories that people can really resonate and be inspired by. And for me, it means everything to me. You know, I think validation is a big one mm-hmm. where I think you look for validation in certain things. And for me, I always put mine in rugby. I wanted to be seen as this athlete. And, you know, it might seem silly me saying that because I never actually made it to the highest level. But that's the way I wanted to be perceived. And I thought, well, maybe that's why I want to do other things, that like a podcast or whatever. But it's completely not. It's the reason I do this is because I genuinely, genuinely want to help people. And if I can help someone in life, then so be it. You know, the messages I get from the podcast make it all worthwhile. Mm-hmm. And I'm sure it's the same with you. So that's my brief background of uh, why I got into this.
0: Absolutely. Yeah, No, know the, the podcast... You know, when I hear back from people and and even like the smallest messages when they resonate with them, it's it does inspire me to keep doing this work and and, uh, bringing on guests like yourself to have these conversations. Um, There's a few things you touched on that that I want to tap into a little bit more. Um, And the first thing, you know, we talk about identity. And like you said, you know, you and a lot of professional athletes, whether they have to retire prematurely or they don't make it or, or even if you know their careers end early they often have that struggle because of identity crisis and and I think we all encounter that in some ways whether you're going through a divorce or you're going through any form of loss you've attached yourself with that identity and you know all these great things can be happening around you but it's it's so tough to get over that identity crisis because that's all you knew uh, and you, you, you surrounded your life with that vision. You you pictured yourself in the future doing this, being a father, being a family, a part of a family, or just being an athlete. Um, so in your case, as you described it, you know, you, you did struggle for a while. Um, what were some of the things you were able to do to accept the fact that, you know what, yes, this was a, a huge loss for you, but how did you form a new identity and be able to kind of work past some of those challenges you had initially it took me a while because i think when i
1: thought i was healing and i always refer to the word healing because i think it's the most pertinent when i thought i was healing i was actually doing the opposite if i'm being honest i was working out as much as i could i was always in the back of my mind i was going back to the gym i was running i was training i was doing everything i could to the maximum trying to come back you know I didn't believe that I was not going to do this anymore I thought no I'm going to train I'm going to do everything I can to come back Mm -hmm. and my friend said to me "Well, why are you doing that you know why are you going to the gym twice a day six days a week why are you putting yourself through this you know you don't have to do this I know I didn't have to do it and for me it was like well no I'm dedicated this is what I'm doing and what I was doing was probably putting myself in negative situations where I was trying to find another identity. I was overworking myself. And I thought, well, no, like surely going to the gym um, and training is, is the most healthiest thing you can do. But this is probably one of the biggest realizations I've had. You can actually overdo things. And for me, I was overworking. I was overworking, you know, physically, um, working out, running, and also in work, in my teaching job. I was going into work at maybe seven in the morning and I wouldn't off till about nine at night and for me I was just burning myself out and it Mm -hmm. kind of reached a point where I just burnt out completely you know I was overworking myself I had absolutely no energy on the weekends because I didn't think I really wanted to sit with that feeling of being anxious um so I thought well I'm gonna just work hard at every single element of my life and for me I just burnt out you know I just Mm -hmm. didn't really know what to do with myself if that makes sense Mm -hmm. so so that was that was the turning point where i thought you know i'm working too hard here you know i need to stop you know this is unhealthy now and i just stopped training um work i carried on working i always put my best into my work because it's something i believe in but i stopped but i left when i should have left Mm -hmm. i didn't get up at five in the morning and click my laptop top on for three hours unnecessarily um and i just completely Almost listened to my body I gave myself rest I slept more I journaled journal journaling was the biggest thing that I possibly did was I listened to loads of podcasts as well I read loads I just mm-hmm. studied myself if that makes sense because I thought well this is what I think I need to do you know I was listening to some some fantastic podcasts I think Lewis Howes one Aubrey Marcus um and they the guest that they had on I think a, a gentleman named Bob Proctor the way he was talking about mindset and the way you're so in line with your true purpose and how you need to get there sometimes you need to slow down to find that and I think slowing down was the best thing I did you know I go for walks every day now because that gives me my most cl- clarity mm-hmm. and I think there's a massive difference between overworking now and working smart for a purpose so that's something I did which is completely slow everything down I started to study myself and realized why am I doing what I'm doing, and what is the purpose of it for? Um, so yeah, that was slowing down for me was, mm-hmm. um, was the biggest thing I did.
0: Yeah, and I guess you know you described the overworking and and you know often like and I've been in that position too where you, you're it's hard for you to accept whatever's going on, so you kind of distract yourself, you're in denial, you avoid dealing with the issue, and you know often like working out or just being out all the time or trying. in my case i'll try to like be social as much as possible because i don't want to sit in that space of just accepting whatever i need to accept so i can move on and it's just a form of avoidance and denial um at least that's what i think and and uh that's what happens right you you avoid you avoid and it comes to a point where you almost need to like deal with it and i guess you came to that point when you experienced burnout you were like okay whatever I'm doing is not working and I need really need to figure out what it is I want to do moving forward. Cause at some point you have to make that shift. Right. Um, and then speaking of mindset, so, you know, you've touched on it a little bit and, you know, uh, one of the things I try talking about is again, you know, uh, we could shift our mindset and things can change. And it's not like our, our situations are actually changing, but it's how, We're perceiving them and that's what changes, right? So you can look at any situation you can be like, yeah, this really sucks right now and that is completely fine, but what is the lesson in it for me? And and that's what I found has really helped me is shifting my mindset in that uh, sense where looking at a a negative situation and yeah, accepting the fact that whatever is going on really sucks, but at the same time, trying to find the lesson in it rather than feeling like a victim or, or just being miserable about it. And I don't know uh, what's worked for you in terms of kind of the mindset aspect and some of the things you've, you're teaching other people as well.
1: I think exactly what you said there, the way I perceive things now is everything is a lesson and everything is meant for a reason. And that's really helped me, you know, with the good days and the bad days, you know, everything is meant for a reason. So whatever I'm experiencing at that time, I always think, well, there's going to be a purpose to this. And I think in the job I'm doing right now, I think, well, this is going to help me in some way. So if I'm having a really bad day or I'm having a, an experience which is, you know, causing me to you know act in a certain way, I think, well, this is OK because this is actually going to serve me one day. You know, if I'm being rejected by something or we have a bit of failure at something, I think, well, no, this is good because if I'm then teaching someone in, in a few years time and they have something similar, it's OK. You know, the way I teach um, some of the students I have is I used an example once where they came back to school after a lockdown and I asked them, what are you feeling like? How are you feeling coming back to school? Because I, I want to know, you know, so I can help you. And the most common response was I feel anxious or I feel nervous because I don't want to get stuff wrong. I said, why do you want to get stuff wrong? Because I don't want to be bad at something. I don't want other people to laugh at me. I said you don't want to fail. You, you know, no one wants to get things wrong. But I said that's actually the most normal thing you can ever do is get things wrong. And often or not, this is the hard truth of life. You're probably going to get a lot more wrong than you do right in the in the long run, and that's just how it is. And I said, what so what can I do to help you? And you know, they answered in various ways. And then I used examples of myself. You know, as when I was training, you know, I failed exams and. I had to then study to be it, So I used it relevant to them. I said, when I was playing sport, when I first you know, became old enough to play for my local senior team, they gave me all these responsibilities. You know, they put me in a key position and they could have won the league one year. And it was my choice. It was my, <laughs> it was my position to kick the winning goal. It wasn't a hard kick and I missed it. And then two seconds later, we had another kick right in front of the post. I missed it again we lost, we didn't win the league. And I said, that that's part of life, you know, I could have stopped doing that and thought, you know, that's not for me. But instead, use that as a lesson to go forward, you know, and I was only 17, 18 at the time, and just used it as a lesson. And, you know, I went to university, enjoyed playing sport then and managed to, three or four years later, get some Welsh honours for Wales students. And that was the lesson for me was, well, you're always going to have bad experiences. You're not going to play well. You're not going to perform well in your job one day. And that's completely okay. You know, we're we're all going to do that in life. And it's the same with them. It's the same with anyone. Use everything as a lesson because that's life.
0: Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I I completely agree. And, you know... it's easier said than done, obviously. <laughs> um, it, when because when you're you're going through a tough time or you've made a mistake, it's hard not to just focus on that and and not see anything outside of it and and just ruminate on you know the the situation where you made a mistake. Um, but you're right, like it's it's when you're able to take the lesson out of it and and do something about it differently next time. Otherwise, that mistake is a mistake and you can't look at it any other way unless you look at it as a lesson. Um, And, and yeah. And like I said, uh, uh, I think that just that shift in perspective allows you to change your mindset. And like you said, we're, we're not going to get a lot of things, right. And it's through uh, the mistakes that we can, we can learn and then we can also step out of our comfort zone and and be comfortable uh, with, with making those, uh, mistakes, so we can learn. Um, but, but so now, in terms of the the, the work you're doing, um, like what are some of the things you're looking at for the future? Because obviously, you know, that with with your uh, professional career in rugby coming to an end, you know, that was like we talked about a huge identity shift. But what do you see the in, in the future for yourself and some of the things you're working towards? At the moment, it's, it's something I'm really excited about because the podcast is, is
1: going really well. I'm enjoying that and I'm enjoying just the conversations I'm having. More than anything, it's nice just to connect with people like yourself and, and get onto a podcast and talk about topics that I feel are really, really pertinent right, right now. Because I've had people message me, you know, people I used to go to school with or people I don't really know, you know, saying how it's helped them in some way. You know, I had, had a friend message me who I hadn't spoken to in maybe six, seven years. And the way I remember him, he would never have messaged me this six or seven years ago. He said, look, thank you for doing this because I've listened to a few podcasts and I've been in a really bad way. And this is really helping me. Mm-hmm. You know, I've, I've had these thoughts. Um, what's your advice on that? And it's like, well, it's not my place to advise, but thank you for reaching out and telling me, you know, and you know, kind of had a, a short conversation about things like that. So for me, that's the purpose of what I'm doing. It's getting a positive message out there to help. I don't know whether it motivates someone, inspire someone, allow someone to resonate with something, what they're going through. Um, so that for me is something I really want to continue growing is grow the podcast as much as I can. You know, I don't care about charts or anything like that or being in the top 30, 40, whatever. I don't really care about that. For me, it's just having a conversation and then possibly someone messaging saying, this has completely changed their outlook or like you said, changed their perspective on, on a certain thing. Mm-hmm. Um, my my professional career in school, I personally love it. You know, I really enjoy what I'm doing there. Um, If anything, I'm looking at doing some courses uh, alongside my teaching, you know, in psychology, potentially counselling. I'm just looking at that route along with my teaching practice. So for me, I think I'm getting to that point now where everything's starting to align, where my teaching is now linking in, largely with well-being, um, and mindset and mental health, which is amazing. And then the courses I'm doing on the side with, with, you know, counseling and psychology, I think it's all kind of coming together for, you know, a purpose. I'm not sure what the long-term goal of that all will be, mm-hmm. uh, but I'm excited to see where it's going to go. It's all pretty much starting to align, which is, um, which is pretty really
0: cool. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I mean, I can kind of relate. Uh, I'm also studying psychology on the side and it's been amazing to be able to kind of, connect the dots and then when people do want to uh talk to you or if they need some direction or guidance in life you're able to have those conversations and not necessarily give them advice but kind of give them a few pointers here and there that they can apply in their lives and and make a difference and that in itself is fulfilling at least for me um but just to, you know for the listeners what kind of teaching work are you doing and and who are you working with so I teach in, um, call it primary school
1: over here. So it's children from, they come in at four and they go out at like 11, 12 years old. So it's it's the really young children. But for me, that's, that's the age I really like teaching because I think they just want to learn. They just want to know stuff. They want to be better. And I was talking to a friend the other day actually who works in, we call it secondary school over here. So he's with 16 to 17 year olds. And he was talking about some of the experiences that those students have been through you know they're struggling with certain elements of perhaps you know mental health and identity like we spoke about I thought you know there's a real real problem at the moment especially after you know all the lockdowns we've had and I think there is such a place at the moment where students in primary school the age I teach they need to be educated on how to articulate their feelings how to mm-hmm. navigate their way through life and look after their well-being because I think that's something that isn't hasn't really been done before so for me it's it should be a catalyst for growth if if you fail so if if something goes terribly terribly wrong that shouldn't be the point where you think ah i need to change something i think if you have those tools at a young age then you're going to be in a great position when you're older so for me it's just about putting all the things in place now giving them the the lessons you know not just academic lessons but almost those life lessons for later on in life, where they can really, you know, go away and thrive and and flourish in whatever they want to do. Mm
0: -hmm. Yeah. And I think it's important to age because I look back as me being a kid, you know, we didn't focus on that stuff. Uh, You know, we didn't learn how to express our feelings. We didn't learn how to like, take care of ourselves. We didn't know how to articulate um, even what we were feeling. Mm -hmm. um and and unfortunately none of that stuff was being taught in school and you kind of realize as you get older the importance of it so I think it's amazing that you're able to do that work um and you know I'm sure it's making a huge difference for the children you're working with because you know I try to apply the same things with my son being able to have those conversations giving him that freedom uh, of being able to express himself and that space uh and if he does not getting like upset with how he's expressing his feelings, even if he's upset with me. <laughs> so um, <clears throat> just encouraging that. And I think it's important. Um, and I guess on that same note, like how are you working with the children in terms of even like their mindset? Like, I know you talked about sharing your own experiences and, and encouraging the kids that it's okay to make mistakes, but do you see any changes in how they're approaching things and in terms of their mindsets and stuff like that? definitely the biggest one for me has been growth mindset where i read that
1: book a few years ago and it not only did it change my mindset i thought this has got such a place in education and anyone i speak to or whenever i have meetings i always try and encourage it so a lot of the people i work with i ask them you know as soon as i started working them with them i said so when you're feeling perhaps sad or nervous or anxious what do you do and the biggest response was well i get really mad i said well yeah it's normal you know it's normal but who do you talk to what do you do to calm yourself down and a lot of them kind of looked at me you know as if i was crazy (laughs) and um i said no 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 it's good to talk about it if i'm a bit upset by something i usually kind of have a talk to someone or you know i go for a walk or you know that's what i do and they said "Oh, usually i go to my room in strength I said that's that's absolutely fine um i said "Do you speak to anyone about it and a few of them said no because i don't want to bring them down I don't want to upset them. I said, but they're your friends, they're your family. I'm your teacher. I want to know about these things. I thought, if they're that age and they're talking about that, then something needs to change. So, Mm -hmm. you know, I decided to bring in these lessons once a week. And the biggest shift that I've seen is that we talk about when they're feeling anxious, when they're feeling sad, when they're feeling happy, and what you do with those feelings and just how you treat other people. The best lesson I ever did. And I do this with like, I did this for a staff meeting the other day when I took the lead was that it raises self-esteem and it raises self-confidence. So say you've got 20 people in the room, you each write a really nice thing about that other person. So a compliment about them. You know, Mm. I really like the way you talk to people. I really like your manners. I really like your hair, anything, you know. So we did that for 20 people and I cut them up and gave them to each person um or actually they they could say to that person they go up to that person and they say what they like about that person So at the end of the meeting they've got 20 compliments about themselves and for me that raised self-esteem so much you know like one of my targets is to raise self-esteem raise confidence in them and then we left that and i couldn't believe the way they kind of socialize the way they integrate with each other the way they attack the day all the anxiety all the nerves had just completely disappeared because they thought actually someone who I thought didn't like me really really likes me they think I'm this they think I'm that Uh, for me that was a big one where people don't compliment each other anymore people you know don't come into a room and say oh Joe, I really like what you're wearing or I really like the way you did that and I think that should never go out of fashion if you like something about someone you you tell them I'm I'm probably quite old-fashioned in that sense, all the way I've been brought up, I think, if you want to compliment someone, you tell them. Mm-hmm. And so for me, that was a great thing in raising the self-esteem. But in addition to that, we also do, at the start of the week, we do a little bit of journaling where we'll write a, a three goals for the week. So it can be a personal one. I want to, I don't know, read five books a week, or I want to learn a time's table. And the second one is, I want to feel less angry when I get work wrong. So mm-hmm. we started doing that at the bottom of it they wrote what they like about themselves and when we first started doing that they sat (laughs) they sat for about 20 minutes not knowing what to do what to say i said what do you like about yourself i "I don't know (laughs) you know and it's like well come on you know have a think about it because you know you're you're on your own all you know all the time and i don't mean you're isolated or anything but we're in our own bodies we're with each other the most time of the day so you know what do you like about yourself you know and for me it was just shifting that switch between just being with themselves and actually liking themselves because I think there's a massive difference where I see so many people who don't like themselves um and I, n- I never want that to happen to the age I'm teaching with the really young ones I want them to go to, to go to school and feel confident and feel that they can do anything they want and mm-hmm. since I've started integrating into that they're really good at thinking okay if i don't get this now that's okay if i don't get this right that's okay because one i'll get help and i'll find out the answer anyway um so it's all part of the process you know i don't know it now and it's the power of yet i don't Mm -hmm. know it yet and for me it doesn't only work academically i think it works in all areas of life you know it develops that resilience it develops their ability to think right I am worthy of this I can do this and Mm -hmm. I think it's such a powerful thing if they grow up with that mindset and I truly and honestly believe that they can do anything they want in life and for me that's great you know I'm not there just to teach academic lessons of course I am Mm -hmm. but for me it's to really instill in them that whatever they want to do in life you can do it and it's just those early lessons that I feel those almost mindfulness lessons will help them get there
0: yeah, no, and that's amazing. I think, uh, like I said, uh, the work you're doing is great. And and for kids to learn at such an early age, like you said, the the impact will be significant as they grow older. And I think some of the things you're talking about, we can also apply to ourselves as adults. Um, and, you know, one of the things, you, the, the exercise you mentioned of giving compliments, I, I think we're pretty good at giving other people compliments but not ourselves and that's where we struggle and you often think about the way you speak to yourself and if you were to talk to someone else like that it would it would definitely hurt you so I think it's those are really important exercises uh the one last thing I wanted to uh, kind of explore further you mentioned that it's really important for you to make sure uh, you know the people you're working with especially the children self-esteem is something that they really build on and why do you think that is the most important thing? Or why is that your, uh, one of your main focus areas? It's probably a personal thing, because I think when things were,
1: were tough for me, I, my self-esteem was you know, really, really low. I had no confidence. I didn't even want to look in the mirror some days, because I just wasn't impressed with who I was. I wasn't mm-hmm. impressed with what I was doing anymore. I didn't feel happy within myself. So I felt my self-esteem went really, really low. And I think there is such a trend between when you feel confident, when you have a high feeling of self-esteem, the opportunities that are presented to you, I just think you carry yourself in a certain way. And it's, it goes back to the, the book, The Secret, You know what you, I think it's what you think you create. And I truly, truly believe that. So whatever goals you set yourself or whatever uh, you want from your life, whatever you set yourself, I think that's up to you and for me the the self-esteem is the biggest one because if i want to i don't know get my podcast into the top 20 i'm gonna have to tell myself beforehand right this is going to happen Mm -hmm. i'm gonna have to raise my self-esteem and that starts with that's a massive inside job for me that starts with me where i journal i study other podcasters i read i tell myself i can do it you know back to journaling again and that's the biggest thing and that's something i'm constantly learning all the time and i can't get enough of it and i think all my books are about you know raising confidence raising self-esteem because once you raise someone's self-esteem they just feel unstoppable i think and i've seen that you know with myself i felt it and i can see it with other people now that the practices we're doing and the practices that they're doing they're just they look unstoppable they look the part as opposed to feeling really low and having that feeling of Low self worth. So for me, it's just that self esteem is is everything because without that, you don't feel confident, you don't feel happy, and then nothing for me aligns. So yeah, for me, it's 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 crucial.
0: Yeah, yeah, and I can definitely agree with that too. And I think the the fact that it's called self esteem, the keyword self, right? You find it within yourself, and like you said, uh, you know, when you have it and you're confident you do carry yourself in a certain way and you almost manifest all these things that you want um, by being that confident and going out and getting it. Right. Uh, Because yeah, no one else is going to do it for you. Uh, At the end of the day, you have to figure it out yourself. And I think we've touched on it. It comes back full circle. It's all about your mindset too. Right. The second you tell yourself that whatever you're doing, like you're going to, yeah, you're going to have hard lessons. And things will not go your way all the time, but it's taking those lessons and being able to like just humble yourself and and learn something new, so you know how to do things differently the next time. And and I think that's powerful in that sense. Um, again, Tom, I want to thank you for coming on here and again, you know, sharing your story and some of the work you're doing. It's amazing. Um, I did want to like first of all, we're we're gonna talk about your podcast, uh, but for listeners who want to get a hold of you and listen to your podcast how can they find you and what's the name of your podcast yeah of course my instagram is unlocking your mind
1: and also on spotify apple all the podcast platforms it's just unlocking your mind and yeah i've got about 35 episodes out now getting them out weekly or every two weeks at the moment so yeah i'm on all the platforms on on instagram too
0: so yeah you can find me there and, and what inspired, so this is the last question I wanted to ask you, what inspired the name Unlocking Your Mind? It actually came
1: after a podcast on, I think it was the Lewis um, Harris Show, yeah. and he was with Bob Proctor. And it was just shortly after the one he did with Dr. Joe Dispenza, and it just lit a light bulb in me where I thought, you know what, I've wanted to do a podcast for a while, I don't know what to call it. And then I realized how important it is by almost educating yourself and unlocking your mind if you want I think by unlocking your mind you're unlocking your potential Mm -hmm. you're unlocking again your self-belief self-confidence self-esteem and I think once you unlock that barrier that's been holding you back you can do pretty much everything or anything you want to do Um, and for me that was the biggest thing was once I got rid of those barriers and stopped being afraid of what could happen or what might happen or what other people might say and just being really in line with my goal and my value then I think things opened up. So I think unlocking your mind is just basically unlocking your potential, really unlocking everything that's not serving you. And
0: yeah, just trying to be your best self. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's amazing. Again, thank you for sharing all that and super grateful for you to take the time. Um, yeah, I look forward to speaking with you again. And uh, this has been awesome. Thank you. No, thank you. Thank you for the great work. And uh, yeah, thank you for inviting me on. Well, that's the end of the episode. Thank you again for tuning in. As always, please leave a five-star review. And until next week.